Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. friends and welcome to another Ask Zach. Today we're going to do a, a Q&A and it's you know way 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 long overdue. Um, you know the show's called Ask Zach. You guys send in questions and uh, you know you comment with questions and stuff and I've uh, you know of course a lot of those lead to episodes but uh, sometimes a lot of these questions just don't get, you know they get answered maybe in the comment section or maybe in an email and so I'm going to start being better about doing these periodically, maybe even monthly to really address these questions, you know, kind of head on. So we're going to talk about everything from Princeton's to the Ask Zach theme and the inspiration of Guthrie Trap and uh, all sorts of stuff in between. Uh, Telecaster body thickness, which I got tons of comments on that on the comparison between the 57 and the 67. So we're going to do all that. So... Of course, if you've been watching the show and you've been enjoying it, you haven't subscribed yet, well, please go down in the corner, hit subscribe. Uh, if you've been watching for a while, I appreciate you supporting the show because that's what keeps the channel going. So there's tip jar information in the description. And then at askzack.com, you can find merch like this amp schematic that's fun, or you can learn about friends of Ask Zach for those that have already bought a t-shirt or what have you and want to continue to uh, support the show. So I appreciate that. All right, let's just dive headlong into this with question number one. So Russ C asks, thoughts on Deluxe Reverb versus Princeton? Okay, so now some of this I hit upon in the video uh, and you know, where I talk about the deluxe reverb and, uh, I know it's funny today I'm using my Vox AC 10, but you know, it's nice to, you know, kind of break it up some. Uh, so my deal with the Princeton is I love the sound of a Princeton. However, it just starts to cave in when I play on the low end, when I play on the low strings and start twanging and, and stuff and pl start playing, uh, low string licks. And for some guys like Jim Campolongo and others, 
they love that sound and they use it to their advantage. I've always had a hard time with it. So yes, I do like a Princeton better that has a 12 in it or it has a, uh, a more efficient speaker. My favorite 10 besides like the original brown and gold Jensen C10NS or C10P or whatever it is, is uh, Celestian makes a 10 inch greenback speaker. And I think that's a really uh, great speaker in that. Uh, and then of course, if you run up to a 12, you know, of course you got to change the baffle out, but uh, you can do a lot of great things there too. However, I just think the bigger cab size of the Deluxe, a little bit more power, bigger iron, uh, more advanced phase inverter, you know, design. I think it just, you know, it, it's much more, you know, gig friendly for sure, unless you just want to be overdriven. Now, and again, this also has to do with the telly and me being a Telecaster guy. I mean, you may be like the Princeton's the best thing ever and it's great and that's fantastic. So just enjoy. So that's, that's my deal with the Princeton Reverb versus the Deluxe. Nick F says, do round core strings bend easier than hex? Well, they can. It all depends on, because of course, we're only talking about wound strings here because when, you, when you're talking about round core versus hex core, you're only talking about the wound strings because these are, no matter what, you know, whether it's pure nickel or not or round core, whatever, the plain strings are the same. It's the, uh, the wound strings that are different. So what, where the big difference comes in is actually the thickness of the core. So, Yes, there's some difference between hex and round core, but the bigger difference is how big the inner core string is. So the bigger the inner core string, the more difficult it is to bend and the stiffer it feels. So some guys will make pure nickel round core strings where the round core in the middle is smaller and that will be easier to bend. Okay. Oh, let's see. So... Please review the Mustang Micro. Uh, you know, the Mustang Micro is a, a really cool headphone amp. It sounds great. I'm not going to do a full-blown episode on it. I've recommended it twice. It's uh, It sounds good. It, uh, you know, it really sounds good with headphones on. It sounds good when you're playing along with tracks. Your guitar kind of sounds like it belongs on the, on the recording. I mean, it's, uh, I think they, they did a really great job on that, but I'm not going to do a full video on that. Okay. Uh, does the blonde tone master sound closer or further from your blackface deluxe? Um, I, I think, I think what he's referring to is comparing it to the blackface tone master and the blonde tone master, which sounds closer to my original deluxe reverb. And I would say the blonde tone master by far. Um, I think the fact that it, they've modeled it without the bright cap and they put a Celestian Neo speaker in it, it sounds a lot closer. And to me, the Blonde Tone Master is a great amp and uh, I kept it. So I still have it and I, I use it out and about. And actually a friend is gigging with it right now that I, uh, I let, I let uh, you know, a friend borrow it so that he could decide whether he wanted to, to buy one or not. I think he's going to pick one up. So... There you have it on the uh, on the Tone Master. Okay, here's a big one. I got so many questions about Telecaster body thickness because in the comparison video between this 
and this, guys saw the video and they thought that this guitar looked thicker than this one. Well, they're the same thickness. I mean, I took all sorts of measurements and there's very little difference. The bodies are basically one and three quarter inches, uh, you know, thick. They have all sorts of the same measurements. Where they really differ is headstock thickness. And that's something I referred to in the video. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it must be a optical illusion. The fact that, you know, this kind of yellowed, you know, finish with the, uh, where it's kind of looking white on the edges or something. And this with the, you know, it just made it look like this one was thicker and it's not. All right. So that was a big one. Uh, I, I got into some trouble with some guys when I said the backwards F. Um, here, let me grab this again. So I call this the backwards F on the, on the neck plate. It's not, it's a cursive F, but people started using that term and, and I just kind of clued into it and started using the same terminology. No, it is, it is a stylized cursive F that you know, doesn't come around again at the bottom. So there you have it. Uh, please do an episode on blank. Uh, so I get lots and lots of requests to do an episode on, you know, a certain guitar player or a certain piece of gear and, and, and such. And know that, you know, I can't, you know, I can't do an episode on everything. There are some guys that I just haven't gotten to yet. And also you have to realize that there's a certain amount of research and work that goes into doing an episode like on a player. So if I'm doing an episode on player, well, I need to work up some of their licks. I need to make sure I have the facts straight on their history. I need to do real research and I need to take good notes. And even though I don't script episodes, it's like still, I need to make sure that I'm not putting out false information. So, um, you know, continue to send in those ideas and those requests and, uh, and know that, you know, I plan on continuing to do this show, you know, for, you know, for a while. And I will, you know, continue to uh, mark off those those players and and some pieces of gear and things like that, know that uh, you know every once in a while I'll I'll spotlight a piece of gear, but that is not um, a huge uh, priority for me. You know I do like to look at gear. I love gear just as much as anyone else does, but also I want to keep it about uh, you know the guitar and 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 playing and about the history of players and such. And hopefully the gear is something that we love, but it's still seen as a tool, not just the, the end, the end goal gear. All right, then let's see. I get a lot of questions about buying a telly uh, and about advice on that, and especially buying a telly under $1,000. And frankly, you know, the best way to get a good Telecaster is play as many as you can get your hands on. And so I know that can be difficult depending on where you are and the circumstances that you're in and depending on the condition of the world. Um, but, you know, really, you know, and hopefully, you know, if you, if you get something at a decent price and if you end up not liking it, well, hopefully you can flip it. But I like, you know, even if it's not, you know, a vintage telly, uh, you know, I would tell anyone out there, well, go find uh, a road-worn, you know, telly, especially one that's like under eight pounds. I think those are great uh, under a thousand dollar guitars. 
Tokai's, made in Japan tellies. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things. You know, when you start getting up into more expensive, you know, guitars, you know, there's just so much more, um, uh, you know, opportunity for, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say being taken advantage of, but you just have to be so much more careful when you're talking about vintage stuff and knowing, uh, being able to identify stuff that's original and it's not and things like that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, as far as, you know, buying a telly, you know, play as many as you can and take notes on the things that you like because you're going to find out, oh, I like certain neck shapes or I like vintage, little tiny vintage frets, or I hate vintage frets. I kind of tend to like guitars that have ash bodies or alder, but just, you know, you know, just kind of try to take notes of things that you like and, you know, try to find a guitar that you can't live without. And, and hopefully it's because it, uh, it plays great, um, and, and really inspires you to play, not just because it looks cool, because I, I have a lot of guys email me and they've bought a guitar that they thought looked really cool and then it arrives and they hate the way it plays and and then they, they start trying to modify it and things like that. So, uh, yeah, that's problematic. All right. Also wanted to hit on a Guthrie Trap. And the reason I want to talk about him is that with the Ask Zach theme, the more and more that I've heard... Um, Guthrie do some different lessons and things that he's done in his videos, I realized that like the Ask Zach theme, uh, you know, yes, it was a, uh, an exercise to, um, help myself with having a hand pain and it was something that would make me use my pinky and it make me, you know, stretch a little bit more. And, uh, the tab for that is actually on askzach.com. You can find it in the article section. There's tab on, on that. And there's a, a clip of me, you know, playing it and such. Um, but I, I came to realize that I was inspired by a, a clip of Guthrie Trap. And also, I just want to give kind of a tip of the hat to Guthrie because he's inspired me to be more intentional about my soloing. So that when, when I solo, you can really tell what chord is going on in the background. And I knew I was on the right track when... You know, a couple months ago, I was at Danocaster's at Dan Strain's house, and I was playing guitar, and and Dan said, I can hear, I can tell what chords you're playing over, the way you're playing, and it's because I was playing chord tones. I'm playing all sorts of passing notes, but so, and that came from, you know, I did the Artist Works program with, with Guthrie, and uh, it was, uh, you know, I did that a couple of years ago. And, you know, then I, I watch his videos and really enjoy them. But it, it was that it really started to rub off. And I started realizing that that's what I like in all sorts of other players playing. Is that even if they don't have anything, a backing track or anything going on, it's like you can hear, you know, where the song is going. There's voice leading involved. There's, you know, he's playing chord tones. And so, like, the intro that I played today, I was, you know, I was playing in a way where hopefully you would hear, oh, he's playing over the one chord, he's playing over the four chord, he's playing over the five. And hopefully you would hear that. And that's what I strive for in my playing all the time now. And so I always want people to be able to tell because then they can hear that this is intentional. It's not just me 
playing a bunch of notes. And, uh, and when you do it enough, it starts to become kind of second nature and it starts coming naturally and you're not having to think about it as much. And that's what you want in music to where you just, you know, yeah, where it just happens. You're not thinking about it. So, uh, yeah, Guthrie's, uh, uh, you know, I've learned a lot from his, uh, videos and, uh, he's, he's a great player and, uh, you know, so thanks to Guthrie. Thanks for the, uh, the inspiration. And, uh, yeah. Uh, another thing, of course, uh, you know, I had on a recent video, I had a black pickguard on this guitar and I switched it back to the white. I really, I liked the black and it was good contrast, but it's just that, you know, this is a 57 Tele. It's supposed to have a white guard. And so, you know, so I'm back to the white guard for now. Um, part of it has to do with the fact that there's this thing about black guards and the guys that collect black guards and it's, they kind of, uh, not all of them, but kind of, they have, they have this feeling like, you know, Telecasters begin and end with the black guard and <laughs> it gets a little wacky. And uh, I, I love black guards, but frankly, I think I prefer this era of guitar. You know, of course, if someone gave me a black guard, I'd be happy to play it. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so so for now, it's got the uh, the uh, white guard on there. Uh, this is kind of time sensitive, and in, in that I'm uh, I'm gonna I'm supposed to be playing a couple of shows in Tulsa, so uh, September. 24th and 25th of 2021, I'm uh, scheduled to go play some shows with my friend Paul Bogart, that he's a guy that I played gigs with uh, before my kids were born. I've known him for a long time, and I'm going to be filling in for his regular guitar player, Nick Palmer, that teaches at uh, Belmont University. So I'm having to uh, relearn a bunch of material and learn a bunch of new material, too. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. It's it's really good to have to uh, learn new material and, uh, and and exercise this muscle called your brain. So if anyone is uh, living in the Tulsa area and uh, would want to come out to the show and maybe uh, you know maybe talk, hang out some, you know, uh, send send me an email. So yeah, I'm going to be playing at some casinos. I think the Hard Rock and maybe another one. So anyway, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Hope. Uh, you know, hope you've had uh, fun, and uh, and we can start having some uh, regular uh, question and answer episodes where I, uh, you know, address a bunch of this stuff that uh, kind of falls through the cracks in the comment section or in, or in emails to individuals. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Bye bye. <laughs>